What is the one thing that matters the most to us? That could be any number of possibilities, right? From family, to money, to school, to jobs. At this point, becoming an influencer on TikTok even makes the list for thousands of teenagers. Let's look at what connects these desires together. All of these things are our very own support structure. When we raise a successful family, get good grades in school, or receive a steady income, we feel validated. We feel like we were correct about the choices we made and the actions we performed. And these personal victories strike at a very fundamental component of the human psyche. Comfort. Hi, I'm Srinivas, a senior at Pineman School in Los Altos Hills, California, and welcome to Not Your Echo Chamber. We all start out as toddlers bargaining with our parents to grant us privileges because we think we are right. When we belligerently demand for that cookie, that action figure, or that movie, we subconsciously expect those things to be granted to us, and that notion brings us comfort. Of course, at that age, our brains are malleable. Our sense of what validates us changes as quickly as we do. But as we grow up through adolescence and beyond, our opinions harden. With time, we become more and more convinced that our point of view is the correct one. And as a result, we do not handle disagreement well. We cannot stand it when someone disagrees with our outlook on life. As a society, as a species, we are not naturally inclined to readily accept a different point of view. We take it personally. To you, that different point of view is an affront to you and your beliefs. Our aversion towards contrary opinions is simply a part of who we are, and it manifests itself in different areas. Especially after the 2016 election, politics has become a common dinner table topic in America. It's also a common battlefield for heated arguments. Pro-Trump, anti-Trump, gun control, anti-gun control, pro-life, pro-choice. It is very easy to get into vitriol-filled disagreements around politics. We view political parties and issues in the same way we view sports teams. As a faction that we must defend from the other side. Associating with a side brings us comfort because we have a foundation upon which we place our ideas. But a negative byproduct of taking sides in politics is that we believe, beyond a doubt, that the other side is wrong. And you have probably experienced this clash yourself at the dinner table. But as the leaders of our democracy become increasingly polarized in favor of their own beliefs, so do we. But let's turn our attention to ourselves now. Over time, larger portions of our identity are going online, whether it be parties, vacations, births, acceptance letters. In the movie The Social Network, a biopic film that chronicles Mark Zuckerberg's creation of Facebook, a character, Sean Parker, notes, We lived on farms and then we lived in cities and now we're going to live on the internet. Parker is right in more ways than one. Living on the internet entails projecting an image of ourselves that we want others to see. We love the publicity, the validation, the positive responses from others. They bring us satisfaction. They bring us comfort. But as we all know, there is also a lonelier, darker side to internet life as well. 
anonymity. People create usernames that don't reveal their true names or identities. Enveloped in this veil of anonymity, people feel emboldened to voice their opinions on social media and criticize those who disagree with them. We feel more secure online because we don't have to deal with the pressure of expressing our opinions to people in real life. This gives rise to the echo chamber, the classic cocoon of comfort. When you say something, you hear it said back to you by several other individuals. On social media and even in real life, it is much easier to just agree with the general majority. Much easier than defending a different point of view all by yourself. When we become victims of the echo chamber, we can easily lash out against those who disagree with us, especially online. We like being right. It's much easier to furiously type some hurtful words online than it is to say them directly to a person's face. Slowly but surely, we change the culture of internet life with vitriol, polarization. We become unable to distinguish fact from rhetoric. This polarization doesn't just happen online. Have you ever been in a class where the dialogue is run by only a small handful of excessively loud, obnoxious students? When we are in an environment that houses people who extravagantly defend their point of view, our initial tendencies are to keep quiet. We timidly think, why should I debate with them? I'm only going to be attacked. This is the non-legal equivalent of the chilling effect. For fear of being verbally assaulted, we silence our opinions. It is much easier to just agree with the general consensus. We have this unspoken fear that when we open our mouth to offer a contrary opinion, we will get shouted down and we will take it personally. We tacitly, perhaps irrationally, prioritize the comfort of those rowdy students above our own sense of security. So what should be done? No one likes being told they're wrong. Not you, not those excessively loud, obnoxious students, not internet users, not politicians. We crave being right and having people agree with us. And we can't change that. But we can be the people who foster diverse dialogue. Teachers can encourage even their more introverted students to speak up in a safe environment. We can have a balanced conversation with people, especially our loved ones. But how? A method that I try to employ on a daily basis is calmly asking myself why I disagree with someone or their ideology. If in a debate with someone, Try not to say, no, that's not right, you're wrong. Instead, ask them, why? Why do you think that way? I want to understand where you're coming from. All too often we give importance to our point of view because that brings us comfort. But sometimes we need to step outside that comfort zone and get on the same level of understanding as the person that you're disagreeing with. Many arguments end in two people burning their bridges over their feud about who was right. 
But there is no shame in asking that one word question, why? If it means ending the debate with two slightly more informed individuals. In the end, constructive compromise and creative engagement are what will save us from an echo chamber and from ourselves.